Kriviriikh is a big industrial Ukrainian city and the hometown of President Zelensky. We went there to see what the city looks like during the war and how and if it is changing. You're listening to the podcast Explaining Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko, I'm a Ukrainian philosopher and journalist, chief editor of ukraineworld.org. My co-host is Tetyana Harkova, Ukrainian scholar and journalist, who is director of international department at Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Explaining Ukraine is a podcast by Ukraine World, a website in English about Ukraine, brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash ukraineworld. You can also support our volunteer trips uh, to the frontline areas at paypal, ukraine.resisting.gmail.com. Okay, so Kriverich, uh, a city of uh, President Zelensky, the na- native city of President Zelensky, Let us describe the city and maybe describe both the political, industrial, economic and civic situation in the city. So uh, you, you, you visited Kriverich with the delegation of, of PAN-Ukraine, our traditional uh, trips with Ukrainian writers and, and journalists. And uh, I don't know if, if this was your first visit. Yes, yes, it was my first visit to Krivik, so, so a, a discovery for for me, this very city. Uh, I've been told many times about this industrial city, but what we discovered on the ground was quite different. So quite a big number of impressions, and we were accompanied by some uh, people who who were born and who lived for many years um, in in the city, specifically by Olena Husseinova, Ukrainian poet and journalist. She's working for Radio Culture, and she explained us a lot, a lot about the historical context, about the 90s in Krivirik and about all these difficult decades which uh, which um, happened in the story of the city. But let's start maybe... Um, let's start with the president, okay? Because I, I think this is something that our audience is interested in. Maybe this is something we personally are not... Um, a bit less interested in. We are more interested in, in the civic you know, life and, and we will tell you about a fantastic and, and, and wonderful community in Krivirich. But let's start with, with President Zelensky. So you, you visited, uh, this was my second time in the city, but my first time was well before Zelensky became president. Um, and uh, and uh, how how can you... Like from this visit, how can you describe maybe this milieu, this uh, yeah, this milieu from which President Zelensky came from? Yeah, this is a milieu of uh, of the city intelligentsia. His father is a professor. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, of physics or mathematics in the university, his mother as well. So he represents a kind of uh, intellectual elite. This family represents a kind of uh, intellectual elite of the center and it's a clear contrast to the rest of the city because the rest of the city is industrial, it is it's plants and industries and simple workers 
And he's from a Jewish family as well. And we were told that the Jewish story, history in the city is quite present and has been quite present before the Second World War. There was an also tragic story of a massacre, a Jewish massacre inside Krivirik during the Second World War. And so these both identities, intelligentsia and Jewish identity, is present in Zelensky family story. But at the same time... Uh, he was living he used to live in a kind of uh, administrative administrative part of the city and um and in these high story buildings you know and close to a school uh, he and his neighbors and all his com- a lot of friends who were participating in his company quartal 1995 were actors they were going to the same school so and at that time this community was born and these uh, very close links between this company of young people Yes, uh, so this is uh, this is really remarkable how we can actually uh, describe the success of Quartal 95, Quartal 95 as the success of a very small community of people who are actually going to the same school, which is the School 95 in, in Kriverich. And, um, and um, this in itself is a very interesting story how the, the, the schoolboys and schoolgirls from the 90s during the time when nobody had any money and, uh, and uh, the, the epoch was quite wild, how they you know, went through this, made this career of uh, entertainment people. And uh, their career actually went through Moscow, right, through, through Russia, because Russia, Moscow had, was a, a center of this KVN let's say, business. culture, business, entertainment, business. Kavayan is, is like Soviet stand-up comedy um, where it's it's not like individual stand-uppers but rather the so-called teams, which is very mu- much looks like this old Soviet pioneer, you know, teams, Pionierski or Komsomolsky uh, teams. And, um, and yeah, this was one of the major entertainment tools during the late Soviet period, during the 80s especially after perestroika after the glasnost after you 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 were allowed to make jokes about politics and these guys actually coming from a provincial industrial town in ukraine not even a regional center that's important to mention krivirich is not a a capital of any particular oblast so it's not dnipro it's not zaporizhia it's not donetsk it's not kherson uh, and um, and they succeeded to win this championship of KVN. I think it was in late nineties. So they was kind of a part of the news, you know. Um, people, uh, not only so people conquering Moscow uh, and coming not from Moscow, not even from Russia, and not even from Kiev or Minsk or Tbilisi or Yerevan, not not from the center of, of the capital of the. Of of a of a of a country, not even the regional capital. So yes. that was remarkable. Yes, exactly. And if you um, some more some more details about Krivirik. So it's not a, a city, a homogeneous city in itself. So they have a kind of a downtown, an old town, 
um, historical one, quite small part of it. And then this administrative part where Zelensky uh, um, was living when he was a kid, when he was going to school. And uh, a huge number, big numbers of uh, villages around this town with metallurgic um, plants and enterprises, which are uh, quite close to the city. And so now they make a kind of a, kind of a one 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 city was in Krivorik. So it's the longest, the longest city literally in Ukraine. So it's like, you know, you just just to cross it, you, it takes a lot of time to, to, to cross it. But it's not like like you have a center and then you have different uh, uh, different um, places. It's like like a line, you know, and. The form itself of the city is uh, is in clear dependence on where these plants were uh, placed. But speaking about coming back to Zelensky, uh, he has a, uh, his the key to his success back in these uh, early post-Soviet times. I think was linked to the fact that he was quite close to to what we call the popular culture. Right, being in Krivorig means that you were among these. Uh, common people, workers from the plant, and you can exchange with them. So, and it was also the key success of Zelensky later on in in his in his entertainment business because he was always working for 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 mass culture, right? And then he when he was preparing his um, presidential campaign, right? So he was also addressing people all across the country. But he was speaking about some basic things, you know. And when we are call, we were calling him populist, right? So it was also in link with this. His capacity to feel how people feel from from a normal, normal, not very interesting city, you know, which is not even not a regional center, is not a capital. So he was he tried, uh, he he managed to find a common language with, uh, with the majority, right? Because the majority of Ukrainians they are like that. So yeah, no, I think that that was that, that is one of the keys to his success. You're you're right. So. This very grassroots uh, actually background, and I'm I'm not a fan of this humor of Quartal de Nostopiad. I mean, it's uh, it seems to me to be very very simplistic humor, um, in many aspects calculated, in many aspects uh, banal. Uh, but uh, but yeah, people it was it was very accessible for 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 the people for the wider audience and another another element of zelensky is basically that he's coming from i mean krivirich is a russian speaking city um has been and still is and uh and he's made his career through moscow so he's kind of a, this uh, image of uh, of what russians could do and were doing with ukrainians to 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 make this ruski mir the russian world i mean this domination in culture in entertainment and in everything and i think one this is one of the most remarkable stories how these people have actually developed even despite their their careers in 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 moscow even despite the big audience which was in russia they uh, made their way, their own way to Ukrainian identity, and now they are identified by the Russian propaganda as Ukrainian Nazis. You're absolutely right. And one thing I understood when we, uh, when we, when we travel to Krivorik is very important. I finally understood why Zelensky had not left the country when uh, Putin and his army attacked it back in February, because. Um, 
if you speak about uh, Krivirik in the 19th, where when Zelensky was a teenager and then a young man, so these important year, decisive years when a personality is, is, is created in a way, so... It was a kind of a very criminal city, you know. It was a jungle, in a way, because there were different uh, um, different uh, criminals which were ruling the city, and the only language they understood there was a language of force. We were told plenty of stories of that kind, stating that yes, so it was dangerous to be in the street and in night during the night, and if you had a kind of business, you always had the chances to be uh, to, to, to 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 get some pressure from from other criminals. So and this capacity to to fight back. This capacity which Zelensky made um, explicit on the 24th of February, as as I understand, it comes from this background. So this capacity not to say, I'm fleeing the country, I don't need a taxi, I need weapons, it comes from this time and from this kind of behavior when you have to stay strong and to fight back. Yeah, this is very interesting. This is how the 90s actually... Um, are still in within us, inside us, because we are from the same generation. And I think there are two elements of this 90s in Zelensky. The first is maybe three. The first we have mentioned, this contact with common people. The second is what you mentioned, is this kind of a culture of street fights and culture of uh, of street confrontation, and uh, I remember the 90s, it was very much on the streets, you know, kids, adolescents were living on the streets. There was no internet, no no computer games, well, computer games were actually on their, on their birth. And uh, the, the street, even in Kiev, the street fighting, the street confrontation, district against district played a, an important role. And I can imagine that in such cities as uh, Kriverich uh, or Zaparizh or some others, it played even even bigger role. So I, I think you're right. This kind of a street warrior element can be can be important. And the third element is that the 90s created this uh, idea that impossible is nothing, that you actually go very down uh, to poverty, to losing your losing your background, losing parts of your life, losing jobs, etc. And then people had a had actually a choice either they become something or they they become something enormous they get rich very very uh, very quickly or they get i don't i don't know they get uh, famous thanks to the television the young television which was also kind of an explosion at the time and entertainment in particular so i think these guys uh, had this you know feeling that uh, impossible is nothing that they can do everything and they can be champions of the Kavian league in Moscow then they can become uh, the most uh, uh, successful entertainment businessman in the post soviet space uh, and then um, and then become a president why not and then become a leader of the free world and become a kind of a hero and iconic person for uh, many people in the world 
Yeah, yeah. Talking about streets, we, we've seen this street. Uh, Zelensky spent quite a, a lot of time in back in the 90s. So this is a street uh, named uh, Revolutionary Street, right? In the administrative center, not far away from his school and from his apartment. It's a very beautiful street, by the way, unusually beautiful in Krivirik because, frankly speaking, you would not find a, 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 a big number of beautiful places in, in Krivirik. It's mostly industrial landscapes and all these mines and all these dirty uh, houses, dirty in it in, in mean that there is a iron industry, met, met, metallurgic industry in the region, and then you have this red color everywhere on the roofs, for example, so it looks like dirty houses. And uh, But this street, the Revolutionary Street, where Zelensky was frequenting a cafe, cafe with a with glass vitrine and he and his friends they were playing guitar we were told by Olena Husseinova who was studying by the way in the same school as Zelensky she's only one year younger than him and she remembers Zelensky back from school uh, for them participating in some kind of school concerts and all this stuff so they were spending quite a big quite a lot of time uh, on the streets uh, playing uh, maybe inventing something sketches or whatever back in school so and it explains his deep ties with with the the whole company with the whole team with all these by the way his his wife Olena Zelenska uh, she she been to the same class as Zelensky so the same school so so they uh, got to know each other back in school and they spent the half of their life already they in their 40s you know, together i think in, in a different class but in the same school but yeah, uh, nevertheless um So yeah, so so this is it, and um, I think it's it's an important background to understand. Krivirich is a place of one of the largest steel producing enterprises in Ukraine, which is Krivorich Stal, which uh, is owned right now by ArcelorMittal by Indian uh, investors, and um, there are problems right now with with this uh, with the steel production in Ukraine because uh, it can proceed but the problem is in exportation where you where you, you export through which corridors and this this transportation routes are mostly maritime routes we know a huge problem with the maritime routes right now um all the world is speaking is thinking about the grain the food but there is also the problem of steel mariupol port is of course not available anymore it was one of the most important ports for steel exports and um, there is mikolaev as port uh, so th- there are problems there are problems in in the city economic problems What else can we say? Uh, coming back to this uh, metaphors, yeah, I would say that Krivirig uh, is a kind of a wild, wild center of the country. So it's it is kind of Essex we've mentioned in the city. So this is about hardworking people, hardworking class. And somebody who comes from Krivirig is somebody who pretends to know the real life, you know, what is so... Uh, so um successful in in Zelensky even now in his speeches to to international audience but also why he's been so successful while addressing the Ukrainians he was speaking from a position of somebody who comes from the real life you know so this is a, a city of real people hard working real problems real danger you don't know all all these kind of things and uh that's why this the phenomenon of this new sincerity he's trying to 
to to to develop in his uh, in his political attitude now um, during the war uh, and which is functioning so 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 good um, for the international audience. It partly could be explained by this background, you know, real people in real circumstances in the wild, you know, it's just something really dangerous. And this banditism, like a phenomena in Krivorik, it, it's not, in, in, it's, it's, it's quite a real story. We're told plenty of stories about these real criminals who are ruling the city for, 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 for the whole decade in the 90s. So the danger was quite real. And the story of drugs, we'll discuss it now, uh, later in this podcast, about the the use from Krivorik. It, it 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 was always a story about um about drugs and about alcohol and all these kind of things. So uh young people from Krivorik back in nineties they could become everything as Zelensky did, but most of them they have become nothing. So you know, just just poor people, a lot of drug addicts. Well, we cannot judge by that way. Most of them are not. Most no, of them. I mean, but big the, part the, of them. This is an alternative, of course, and and that's very dramatic, but at the same time very interesting. So as if the choices you are facing are, are not that wide. It's not like the variety of choices. You pick up a job, you pick up a speciality, you pick up a university, uh, or uh, I don't know what else. Uh, the choice are not that wide, and indeed, um, um, the, the choice is that either you, you know, jump from this uh, situation and become something or create something, or you you let yourself drag into this uh, kind of a uh, regressive or. Um, how to say it? Uh, well, regressive, yes, uh, place, and and that means that you you can be become a drug a drug addict or alcohol addict or whatever. But uh, now Kriverich looks very fine. I mean, it's not it's not like uh, uh, like um, like a poor town. It seems very very good. It looks very fine. Lo- very long road actually that you need to need to cross on on your car to get from one place to another and um and yeah what else what is important today that actually it is a very feudal city it is ruled by kind of a clan uh of uh, um, people called vilkuls and uh the father and the son and this is also a big question yeah because a big question also when we ask a question about decentralization reform in Ukraine, self-governance reform, in some places it led to very positive results. In some places it's just strengthened these local authorities who are actually acting like a feudal landlords. And there is a problem in the city because what we have now, we don't really have a mayor because the previous mayor either shot himself or was killed. Uh, a few years ago, uh, last year, so it yes. was twenty twenty one, maybe yeah. one year and a half. Yes, uh, and uh, and right now we don't really have the kind of a legitimate power because uh, the city is ruled by the older Vilkul, who is a uh, who is ruling like a, a city secretary, being an oldest deputy of the city council. Uh, but de facto, it is ruled by his son Alexander Vilkul 
who is actually appointed himself as the head of the civic council so kind of a watchdog over over the the acting mayor who is his father so very funny situation actually and this new fed also precisely what they did when they arrived to power one decade ago so what they did primarily they destroyed all these other criminals in the city so they created a kind of uh, centralized system of power of businesses so everything you can find as a business in I, I mean small and and small and medium businesses in in Kyivarik. it's under this umbrella of Wilkul family so at that, least at least what we have been uh, told told, told right? yes yeah, so, so, so people complain that there is no real plurality and in a way it is it's a scandal in a way because uh, the youngest Wilkul he is not uh, a legitimate figure but uh, also important detail uh, he got this position of um, uh, of a chief of this civic administration, civic council, uh, civic council, precisely when the war started, full-scale invasion uh, started back in February, and it was. It looks like Zelensky and his uh, uh, office a, a kind of closed eyes because uh, they were told by Vilkuls that they will be able to keep the city, and for them, during these first days and first weeks of invasion, uh, Krivirik, which is. Um, uh, Located in the center of the uh, of the um, of the country, it was not at all at risk, right? So, so Vilkul said that okay, it, everything will be all right inside the city. So just trust us. And until now, um, I mean, people who live inside Kriberik, they they do regret that there is no no real progress and no no free election or whatever. And Vilkul's family is quite successful in in what we call. Uh, buying people, buying voices uh, during elections. They will definitely try to do so during the next election. And their control over the city is omnipresent, I would say. At least we were told that whatever you do in the city, uh, you should take into account who is the chief of the city. And you have to to do that uh, carefully because there could be some rivalry, there could be some... Uh, some attempts to um, to take your property and all these kind of things. And interestingly, of course, Zelensky uh, and his team tried to change uh, the local government uh, during the local elections of 2020, and they failed, uh, which also showed that Vilkul's power in the city of, in the native city of Zelensky is quite strong. And actually failing this mayor election in the city of Zelensky where everybody loves Zelensky and says, okay, this is our boy. Well, <laughs> the, you should you should have a talent for this, right? So it was a, a very remarkable failure um, of, of, of the team. Uh, but uh, what, who is Vilkul? Vilkul is somebody who represented pro-Russian forces, both these Vilkuls, the father and the son, and they were connected with this opposition bloc related to Akhmetov. And uh, basically, Akhmetov was very much controlling many things in the city, um, and including Vilkul himself. And then it seems that they split up. So Vilkul is not anymore a friend of Akhmetov. And uh, Akhmetov is one of the richest Ukrainian businessmen, Ukrainian oligarchs, who actually got much poorer uh, du- during this uh, full-scale invasion. And uh, maybe Vilkul is kind of uh, without without big support anymore. So therefore, maybe his power is not that strong as, as we, we think or we thought. Another thing is that actually... 
when he's ruling de facto as the uh, the mayor of the city, whereas he's not a mayor of the city, and uh, he's acting as a, a man with the capacities of the military administration, what what is called during the martial law in Ukraine, which has lots of powers uh, during the martial law. But actually, he's not a legitimate military ad- administration. And therefore, this puts, puts him into a fragile position, legally fragile position, and maybe it will be used against him. So maybe we hope... Uh, that uh, his monopoly in Kriviri will be over. Soon. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another detail about Filko that they, he belongs to this Russian church, uh, Russian Moscow Patriarchate, and this is very important in these religious battles inside the city. And I, I was also told by locals that uh, even people who were not at all happy when Zelensky was elected in 2019, they were not a lot happy about because they knew him too well, etc. But now... Later, they became really uh, happy about it. Why? Because much more attention is paid to the city by the rest of Ukraine because everybody is curious what's going on in Kriverik. Kriverik didn't have any kind of uh, clear, explicit cultural identity. I mean, I mean, real culture. I'm not speaking about Quartal 95, but I mean, I'm speaking about real culture, but literature, theater, all these kind of things. And after... Um, Zelensky victory. There were more writers, for example, and more cultural personalities coming to the city. So, and uh, I also felt that locals they were kind of jealous about the absence of interest. I mean, um, y- Ukrainian interest to the city before Zelensky was elected, and now they enjoy, even if they don't sympathize a lot with Zelensky, they enjoy the popularity of their city. So people coming. I don't know cultural events, discussions, at least before the war were quite more frequent, I would say, not frequent, but more frequent than than uh, than before. And this is a kind of uh, also this this jealousy. Why we are not so so we are not in this dialogue. We are cut off this um, Ukrainian dialogue on culture, on ideas, on the future. So they their feeling is sometimes like that, and that's why they are very happy with Zelensky. And they sometimes they even say that they. Um, they they rely on the fact that maybe later Zelensky will have more time and uh, more capacity to to change the situation in the city. Just even with the Swilkul family, just to handle it in a way that there will be no more this monopoly of the power. But religious question, and let's maybe come to this topic. So this this um, Moscow patriarchate identity of uh, of Vilkul is pl- was playing a huge role because. Kriverik is mostly has been mostly Russian speaking city, and for example, the reason why um, Vilkul is a, is in, in a conflict in a constant conflict with many people from civil society is that uh, important um, part of uh, civil society they are Protestants, right? So like brothers we've met, right, and they who organize the shelter plus plus. Yeah, so uh, this is this is the political landscape of the city. But let's talk also about the civic uh, landscape and uh, the place that we we went to, and uh, we were very much impressed. It's called Shelter and Shelter uh, Plus. Shelter Plus, yes, and this is a remarkable place. It shows how uh, the, the places like Kriviri actually are giving you 
well, difficult maybe starting point, but also an opportunity to grow dramatically because, as I said, uh, you you don't have much choice. Either you build your reality yourself or you just fail and you get... Uh, you 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 get uh, you you drawn into the existing reality, so this. Oh, you just quit the city as many did. So you just let, leave the city. You go to Kiev or Dnipro. Uh, young people were going to Dnipro to Kiev. They just uh, cutting all ties with their native city. So yes, so they have no not a lot of uh, ways to follow. So Shelter Plus was founded by uh, by the. Family of Morozov. Uh, we we have met both the father and the two brothers, Julian, uh, Yuli, and um, and uh, Roman, and uh, there are lots of other people working there. So it's it started like again in the nineties, as far as I understood, or early two thousands, as uh, as uh, something that you organize in school on Saturdays in order to get some activities to the uh, adolescents, get the adolescents to do something, to play the music, to study foreign languages or whatever. And then it grew uh, step by step. Uh, now they, for example, own a big building, 1,000 square meters, where there are music classes, theater classes, the help to uh, displaced persons, language classes, the help for, for, for kids, uh, for 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 young women, for pregnant women, etc., and another building that they have bought uh, close by, uh, nearby, is actually they are doing like a real shelter for the inter- internally displaced persons for tempor- as a temporary shelter, and these are very active people, and uh, you know with a very large scale thinking. Uh, who are who are who didn't didn't own anything at the from the very beginning, but who dared to to do something, right? Yes, exactly. And this community, let's come to the beginning of the story. This community is Protestant community, and that is precisely why this is precisely why they are not at all accepted by by Wilkul. Mm, they are organizing a football team, they a huge football club, by the way. And recently, they bought the whole stadium. For, for trainings and a huge uh, football club, a real one, and they organize the trainings. But this is not a, 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 a normal, ordinary football. This is Christian for what they call Christian football. So they are organizing prayers as well. So this religious idea is inside the education. Uh, both of them, one of the uh, of the brothers, Roman, he has a high education in. Uh, religious education. I, I don't remember which theology. So theological, but I, I would not say it, it's classical one. But we don't know exactly, but uh, this idea is here. And if you um, consider this relationship between these, because uh, these brothers Morozov, they represent an important part of what we call civil society in in the Krivorik, because they are they are bright. Because even when you see their building, it's something incredible. Because you see these bright paintings directly on the fence and on the building itself, and you enter, you see plenty of colors, you see plenty of uh, very smart things, plenty of uh, uh, of children active in, in, in many different activities um, coming from football theater, uh, many other things, languages or whatever, and they're not, not children's on, children only because they also have classes for adults. Um, and and you can see the Vilkul, which is much more traditionalist, you know, Moscow patriarchate and all these kind of uh, ideas. And this is precisely why this dialogue 
between uh, between the real leader of the city, Vilkul, and the brothers Morozov would never be successful. Because for Vilkul, from the religious point of view, Protestants are just uh, um, not 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 real people. Yeah, but we hope that uh, the, the real power will be, and the, 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 this energy of change will be with with this civic society, because uh, they are really attractive for younger people, and uh, uh, we hope that this center, as as many others in Ukraine, this will be a, a power of locality that will actually. Uh, multiply its effect uh, to other cities and other places. Let's also mention the scale of the phenomena. Uh, at the present time, they have approximately 500 uh, people, 500 uh, children who visit uh, the center at least once a week. So it's it's a big number in, in a way. And the ambition back in the 90s was precisely to fight against this kind of... Uh, Mm, drug addiction in the among the youth, uh, uh, poverty, uh, criminal behavior, and all these kind of things. They were trying to 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 build on a different values. You know, they, this is about values, because if you ask yourself what what's in common between football and theater and then drawings and then languages, what what's in common? What's the common denominator for all these activities? Why are you doing all of that? And the response will be about different values, about about development, about about uh, creativity, about uh, freedom, and about different political choices. Both of these brothers, Morozov, they they were deputies in regional councils inside Krivirik. By the way, they, they not only they have this central. Uh, city council, but they also have region, what they call regional councils in each, uh, I would say, region. Uh, we say region of the city because it's it's not homogeneous, as, as we said. And they were deputies, so they were fighting for a kind of political impact, and they were quite successful. Not not the not a real competitors to Vilkul, but they still represent a, a, a part of the population. Yeah, and the party is called uh, Sila Ludei, the Power of the People. So this is Kriverich, uh, how we saw it during our trip. Uh, this was a short trip, so maybe we saw it superficially uh, if we made mistakes or some excessive judgment. Uh, please excuse us for this. But uh, I hope we describe you this interesting city. On the one hand, you know, still very post-Soviet and uh, the, the power, the acting power represents it. On the other hand, very vibrant, very dynamic, very future-oriented. And on the third hand, this, you know, interesting destiny of Volodymyr Zelensky, which actually maybe represents the destiny of many other people in Ukraine. This was a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org. My name is Vladimir Yermolenko. My co-host is Tetyana Harkova. Don't forget to subscribe to us and to support us on patreon.com slash ukraineworld. You can also support our volunteer trips to the frontline areas at paypal, ukraine.resisting.gmail.com. Stay with us and stand with Ukraine.